production of WordSouth and Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, the podcast. Helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What are some storytelling secrets you can use to make yourself a better writer? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. My name is Andy Johns with Pioneer and WordSouth, your host. And I'm joined on this episode by Camilla Mortensen, who is a writing instructor at the upcoming Story Connect Communications Workshop, as well as the editor of Eugene Weekly and an instructor for journalism at the University of Oregon and at Lane Community College. So, Camilla, you are busy. Thanks for joining me. I'm happy to. So the reason why we're, we're bringing Camilla on uh, for this episode is, is a little bit of a preview. Like I said earlier, the Story Connect Communications Workshop will be in Newport, Oregon, September 25th, 28th. You may have listened to the um, podcast we did with the photo instructor, Billy Weeks, um, a week or two back. And in this episode, we wanted to talk on uh, talk about the, um, the, the text and the storytelling uh, side of things when it comes to writing uh, instead of photography. So uh, Camilla, if you can kind of briefly sum up what what do you have planned to talk about um, when when we get out when we all get out to Newport uh, for the conference and workshop uh, next month? Well, specifically, one of the things um, that I want to get into is a type of journalism called solutions journalism. Um, some folks are really familiar with it. Some folks, it's really new. Um, when people hear the idea of solutions journalism, they immediately start to wonder. Um, is this biased? Is this PR? Um, and it's not. It's straight up journalism. But um, especially these days when the news has been pretty depressing, um, readers will complain about the news being sort of nonstop dark. And solutions journalism is a type of journalism that looks at the problem a community uh, is facing and then poses um, a solution that is based on somewhere else that has um, or is in the process of solving that problem. So you're not solving the problem as a writer, but you're going out and you're finding areas that have, for example, addressed address the problem. So um, homelessness has been a big one um, where you can look at a particular city, for example, um, Houston has been making the news lately that has addressed aspect of homelessness successfully um, and then write about it for your own community and show how um, possibly these same steps can be taken. Um, and you don't just write about um, the solution like, oh my God, Superman, someone has swept in and solved the problem. It's never that sure. easy. Sure. Um, if only. You write, right. Um, you write about sort of the steps that people had to go through, um, how they did it, who did it, um, and then also the limitations of it. There's really no solution that is like a magic wand that goes in. So there's always some sort of limitation whether something works better in a urban center than it does in a rural community or um, access to funding, that type of thing. Um, but it's really just a great way to bring to audiences a little bit of hope um, in a world that sometimes seems a little bleak. Definitely. And there's certainly been a lot of bleak things last uh, last couple of years, for sure. So with this podcast, obviously being called Story Connect, we talk a lot about storytelling. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming just like any other kinds of journalism, um, storytelling plays a direct role into solutions journalism as well. Definitely. Um, you so you want to have the scenes, you want to have the characters, and you don't just want to be like, here is a, here's a solution. It's um, here is someone who could benefit from the solution. So very often you will start off scene setting with either someone who needs the solution, someone, for example, um, who is troubled by homelessness, um, or someone who has um, the solution has worked for um, and sort of get a personal view on these, these human beings as characters. So this, I'll admit, um, when we started talking, you know, for this episode, um, 
I have a journalism degree, but this was a new term for me, not one that I was familiar with. Is this a new uh, a new thing, an emerging trend of, of something that's been around for a long time? Where does this, uh, where does this come from? Yeah, I would say emerging trend of something that's been around for a long time. You can sort of go back to the 90s. Um, you can also find a lot of journalists who um, were doing solutions journalism, just never gave it a name. Um, sure. When I first started hearing about it, I was like, Psh, I've done that. Like, I went to Salt Lake City and looked at how they were solving, you know, attempting to solve homelessness and brought it back, um, which tells you sort of how natural it is for a lot of journalists to do that type of thing. Um, sure. It was, uh, there is a group called Solutions Journalism Network, and they've done a lot of work to sort of do outreach to, uh, to journalists and sort of help train them in, in doing it. Because again, they don't, you, you don't want a story that is an unrealistic sort of superhero type story. You really want um, actual boots on the ground journalism that is getting the story, getting the quotes, looking at all aspects of it, um, looking at what can be done and what can't be done. Got it. So a, a chunk of the workshop will, will focus on that. Another another portion as well will be on uh, some writing tips, writing um, you know, lessons, tips to, to help um, someone be a better writer. Do you think there are ways that uh, solutions journalism or other things you found along the way that, that have made you um, you a better writer and any of those you'd like to share? Definitely. Um one of the big things I tell my students, because I do teach at a community college and I get a lot of students who don't have any writing background, um, and even the journalism school, you get a lot of students who sort of fell into journalism and they're like, here I am, now how do I write? Um, sure. I actually fell into journalism. Um, my master's degree is in folklore and mythology, and my PhD is in comparative literature, but I focused mainly on folklore and mythology. Um, so I really came into it through storytelling, which is um, something that I really like. Um, and so for me, especially feature writing, um, really gives the chance to sort of embrace the idea of storytelling. And I will say that never start a story with a generalization like humans are storytelling creatures. However, humans are storytelling creatures. That is, that's actually a fact. It's just a very bad way to start things with, you know, since the beginning of time. Um, but sure, we are storytelling sure. creatures. And we recognize a good story when we hear one. Um, we all have that one friend who starts to tell a story and you're like, oh, no, not this person, because they will sort of drone on and there won't be a point or you don't get the ending. Um, that's, you know, bad storytelling. Um, good storytelling, you have kind of an um, innate idea um, or sort of or learned idea over time. Um, of what makes a good story, which is you have your introduction, you start understanding what the story is about, um, you sort of have a rise in tension. It's uh, Freytag's Pyramid is the, the official name for this structure. Um, you have a climax, things start to wrap up, and then the threads get pulled all together. The difference in journalism is, you know, we give away the begin, we give away the ending at the beginning. Good journalism doesn't expect the reader to read all the way to the end. There's a million reasons that a reader can't do that. Um, or sometimes won't do that. Um, but that's actually not unheard of. If you're familiar with Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare actually gives away the ending, the very opening of Romeo and Juliet. Basically, he's like, this is the star-cost lovers, everybody dies. Um, and it's still an amazing play, even though you know they've told you what's going to happen. Um, sure. So in journalism, you start off, you tell, you say where things are going to go, but you still give your reader a sense of of a story arc, that the story is going somewhere, that you're taking them with you. Um, so I'll tell my writers, like, you know, give the ending away. Yes, you need to tell in your in your nut graph or in your lead what's going to happen, but save some presence to drop along the way. So as the reader goes, they're sort of rewarded for continuing. Um, know that not all readers have the time 
or the patient is to sit down with something long, you kind of have to reward them, be like, come with me, come along for this ride. It's going to be interesting, I promise. And that's kind of what the nut graph does. It's like, hey, here's why we're here. This is going to be interesting. So that's kind of the first of the things that um, I like to think about when writing sort of a feature type story. I think there's so much to unpack there. Um, a lot of really interesting things. And I'm glad you brought up your your background and your studies, because at first, um, you know, the, the folks may not draw a direct connection between folklore and mythology and journalism. Um, you know, the folks listening to this are primarily utility communicators. So folks writing for their um, electric co-op magazine or their, their telephone co-op magazine, marketing their broadband services, something like that. But what are some things that, that you have seen? Uh, and I think you touched on some of them there, but let's unpack it a little further. What are, what are some things just when it comes down to good storytelling that's the same, whether you're talking about um, ancient you know, mythology or whether you're talking about, um, you know, an, an, an article that, that lands in somebody's mailbox today? That's a great, a great question. Um, clarity. Um, it's anyway, there's a lot of us who want to be the next Hunter S. Thompson or um, write sort of this, you know, masterpiece. And that is definitely an aspiration and not one folks should give up on. But you don't learn to be the next Hunter S. Thompson or the next Mark Twain by um, starting off writing overly complicated, confusing things. Um, a lot of the great writers got their start writing basic journalism and being super clear. As an editor, I can help a writer who is writing clear and uh, simply um, make things more complex if I need to. But if someone starts off overly complex, um, you lose meaning, you lose clarity. As an editor, it's hard for me to then go through and make it more clear because if I'm unclear, my reader's clear. A lot of times I'll tell the writer like, hey, I don't understand this. And then they'll start explaining it to me. And I'm like, no, no, don't explain it to me. It has to be very clear in the article itself. So starting off with just knowing you can start clear and make it more complex later, but start with that, that basic, basic sentences, basic words. Don't get crazy with a thesaurus. Again, complexity is great, but that can be added. No problem. Sure. My favorite, you brought up Mark Twain. My favorite Mark Twain quote is always, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one instead. And that's, you know, exactly, you know, to, to boil it down, to make it more concise. It takes work, you know, it takes yes. work to, to get to that, that kind of clarity. Um, but certainly valuable uh, to the readers. Along along those lines, so you know we're living in a uh, a world with TikTok, with Twitter, you know, 140 characters. Um, that there's so much so quick, and everybody talks about the um, the short attention span that folks have. Why does um, solutions journalism? Why does longer form journalism? Um, why does that still matter um, today when when folks' uh, attention is so so divided? How do how do folks stay relevant um, when they are are you know working on something more long form? Well, you know it's funny because I think this sort of like um, piecemeal or you know short bursts of information. Um, that's been going on sort of for a long time. Actually, they'll sort of like, I've seen people date it back to like MTV, like there was a, a quick blips. Um, and there was definitely a, a period, I would say maybe 10 years ago, where everyone was sort of predicting the death of long form journalism. And a lot of places sure. began switching over from, from long form to shorter. And then what they found was readers began migrating places where they could still access long form journalism. Um, I have an experiment that I like to do with my students sometimes, um, which is both involves long form and actually print journalism, because you also hear uh, print is dead, print is dead. 
um, there's a couple of places that um, I can get magazines from for my students, High Country News, a couple other places. And I will bring in print magazines and give them out to my students and just be like, hey, this is this is for you. Read it whenever. Um, we'll talk about some articles later. But for now, just you know, take a look at it. And then I will check in a couple of weeks later. And what have you done with it? And I get a variety of responses. But the most common response is, um, I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing yet, but I'm holding on to it. And, you know, I read the one article, but I'm going to get to these other ones later. And I'm like, why do you still have it? You can read it online, can't you? No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this one. Um, we, we sort of, even though the world is sort of telling us through, you know, Twitter, everything, you know, do this now, read this now. Um, for some reason, most of us still want the chance to sit down with something and sort of dive into it and, you know, maybe take a step away from the nonstopness and take a deep dive into something. Um, and I think it's something as, as journalists, like that's something to, to remember and also to um, reward readers for. I think that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, wanted to switch over to the, the editing side of things. So, um, as an editor, um, what are some things, some, you know, this will be a little bit more, you know, news you can use some, some practical things there. Um, what are some things that you see with people's writing, um, that, that folks, um, you know, even, even, um, experienced writers, um, with, you know, where you can still make improvements, what are some ways as an editor that, that you can see, um, some clear ways that, that people can make their writing even better. Uh, you know, you got to it earlier when you talked about um, the Mark Twain quote, which is, it's okay to start long, but then go through the effort to shorten. Um, every time I've had, and since we're still, Eugene Weekly is still a print publication, um, we will, I will get the word from my graphics folks like, hey, um, you know, your story is 950 words and we've got the space for 850. You need to cut 100 words. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm looking at it going, you know, eight hundred precious words. Um, right. But I, I've been but there. I, it's not a good feeling. Right. Um, but I have found there's a temptation to go in and like wipe a chunk out. And then, of course, you're like, oh, I'm losing all this meaning. But I have found that if you make yourself go through and cut 100 words within sentences themselves, you find out that you use a lot of superfluous words that you didn't really need. Um like I was editing someone this morning who wrote something along the lines of uh, the gallery will be displaying an exhibit. And I'm like, okay, or the gallery will be exhibiting this. Um, there's just these moments where you can sort of go through and making yourself do that, even when you don't have to, is just a really good way of making your language more active, making it more direct, uh, more conversational. Um, one of the things I warn writers about is a lot of times um, people don't want to do a uh, interview either in person or over the phone. They're like, here, I'm going to send you like your answers to the questions. One, that's just a journalistically never a great idea. Um, right. But two, people tend to be very wordy and conscious of trying to sound good when they type things out, when they in fact sound better when you just talk to them and they have sort of this more efficient, more interesting way of speaking. Um, so that's the other thing I tell people is like, yeah, I know they want to send you the quote, but you're going to, they're going to sound better if you talk to them. Interesting. I think that's very important. And, uh, you know, people always sound more natural um, mm -hmm. because like you said, there is a temptation for people to bust out the, the thesaurus words they would never actually use. But if you're, you're sending an email and trying to sound, uh, sound as smart as possible, then yep. certainly that comes out. 
Well, great. Well, anything that we haven't uh, we haven't touched on that you plan on getting into at the um, obviously it'll be a much longer session uh, with a lot more ideas uh, at the communications workshop, Story Connect Communications workshop later on. But anything else that you want to touch on that um, I didn't give you a chance to talk about? Yeah, I think the only other thing is um, I have that I also like to tell writers is that um, anybody can be a writer. Some people have started off with the advantage education or um, just in terms of like where they are in life. Um, but writing, there are some people who are truly skilled writers, but writer writing really is a learned thing. There are certain rules that you follow. Um, there are tools to help you follow those rules. If you're like, I'm a bad speller, don't worry, there's spell check. Um, there's lots of steps along the way that can help someone who is a new writer or someone who conceives of themselves as not a very good writer, be a better writer. And then my final, uh, I can almost say rule on that because I'm about to break that, is I tell people, know the rules, know the rules really well. An editor loves someone who knows like correct grammar, correct spelling, correct style. But then once you know them really well, that's where, and if you want to go ahead and break them sometimes, have a little fun with it because well-broken rules that are well-broken make for really amazing stories. Accidentally broken rules are usually just look like a mistake, but good writers can know the rules and then sometimes just mess with them a little bit. I like that. That's excellent advice. And I'm glad that you glad that you brought that up. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for taking the time. Thanks for chatting. She is Camilla Mortensen. She is the writing instructor at the upcoming Story Connect Communications Workshop in Newport, Oregon, coming up in September. We hope that you will uh, join us there and hear more of what Camilla has to say and to share with folks. My name is Andy Johns, your host with Pioneer and Word South. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by WordSouth and Pioneer Utility Resources. Both companies are built to share your story. Our associate producer is Sarah Wooten. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.